It's Calgary's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hello, this is Mario Taniguzzi coming to you today with Calgary's podcast, a member of Canada's Podcast Network, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen in Calgary, Alberta. So you can listen, discover, and engage. Joining me today is our guest, Shelley Kuypers, who is co-founder of The 51. Thanks for joining us today, Shelley. Yeah, thank you. So tell me what The 51 is and what it does. Yeah, that's definitely a, a frequently asked question these days. Um, well, it's kind of growing in nature, I would say. So initially, we got started with um, an idea that we could activate women's capital for women entrepreneurs. And so when we got started last year, March of last year, we did it as a bit of an experiment. We didn't know if it would work. Um, and what we found was there was a, an enormous connection, a, a synergistic connection between women who have money and women who need money for their business. So that's kind of how we got started. It was through a single event at my house. Uh, we had about 75 people at my house. We had a single entrepreneur up there telling their story, and we raised half a million Canadian um, for that entrepreneur just based on that event alone. So if we kind of fast forward to 2020, the 51 today um, would be considered an investment platform. It's where female entrepreneurs come together with female investors, accredited investors today. And those accredited investors either invest directly in those entrepreneurs, or we also do it through a special purpose vehicle where all of us pool our capital together and go in as a single entre- a single investor into that entrepreneurial business. So we would call ourselves an investment platform. Where does the name come from? Uh, great question. So uh, women make up 51% of the population. So that's how we came up with the name. Okay. Is it, uh, are you seeing that it, there's difficulty out there for, for female entrepreneurs to find the capital to do what they, they need to do to uh, establish a business or, or even grow their own businesses? Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people are aware of the statistics, but I'll just re- repeat it. Um, in 2019, the total venture capital that was allocated to women was 3% of that total. Um, and so the 51 is looking at this problem or this challenge or this opportunity as very much an opportunity. So we are saying that there is 51% of the population that's being underserved from a financing perspective. And so the 51 wants to be a solution and help closing that gap. If we, again, couple that, uh, that opportunity or that challenge with female-led capital, with female-led businesses, it creates um, a really unique experience where we can bring women who understand women-built businesses, um, they can bring their expertise to bear, and so our capital um, ultimately can be smart capital. How did you get involved in this, and why? Um, so there's three of us that are co-founders, uh, Judy Fairburn, Alice Reimer, and myself. And it really got started from personal experience. Um, and so we have all had experience in either raising money from the venture side or creating a fund. And, you know, over the years, many, many years, um, there's some gray hair in our group. Um, we saw that that this gap consistently existed. And so we've been talking about the idea forever. We were very much inspired by a trip to Palo Alto a couple of years ago, where again, we saw this systemic 
you know, kind of discrimination in women trying to raise money or how they were supposed to raise money. And so we're, again, trying to create a new model for that. Okay. What's it like doing business in, in Calgary these days? Good question. Again, I would say, you know, while the economic climate appears to be quite challenging, um, there are many people at work working hard to diversify the economy, especially women. So when we look at uh, kind of the the number of female-led entrepreneurial businesses that are technology-based or technology-enabled in Alberta, um, we are twice the national average. So we're sitting at 30%, that being women, um, while the national average is 15. So what we would say is there is a lot of work being done by women, both entrepreneurs and those that want to invest in the entrepreneurs to really focus on diversifying the economy here in Calgary. So I think it's challenging, yes, um, if we stay focused on kind of the current paradigm and the current business models, but there's enormous opportunity if we look to, to innovate and, and disrupt what all of us can provide as solution and businesses. So what's your vision uh, of uh, the 51 as you move forward? Yeah, I would say, you know, at a big, big vision, we wouldn't be required. Um, we wouldn't have to find solutions to help close this funding gap. So I would say big vision would be we are irrelevant. Um, and those that are maybe minorities um, or, you know, women themselves would have equal opportunity for financing for their business. So that would be the big, big vision. So, you know, one of the things, obviously, there's there's no shortage of uh, either uh, female entrepreneurs or aspiring female entrepreneurs. But I'm wondering, on, on the other side of that equation, you've got the investors. Tell me about that pool there and, and what it's like these days. It's something um, that's really key to our model. So there's kind of, again, I would say an inherent bias that women who have money or they belong to families who have money are typically in situations where they are either learned or taught um, or it's just um, expected that the women in those families will give their money away. That's their role in the family. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to break that paradigm and say there's another model. And so you can also take that capital and you can invest it in female-led companies. Mm -hmm. And to that, what's even more compelling is that many of these female-led companies, they have a social mission built into their company. So while it's a commercial venture, it also has a social mission. So it's a combination of creating a business that's commercial and social. Um, women are more likely to create that business. And so... What we're trying to do is create a proposition that's very much attractive to these female investors or potential female investors and kind of bring those two parties together. So I would say, while the numbers aren't big at a first glance, that's exactly what the 51 is trying to do. We are trying to activate these women to be investors in female-led businesses. And so that right now, there's a kernel of us. There's kind of like a you know, um, kind of a tribe of us right now that is doing that. And what we're doing is we're reaching out to our network and we're slowly activating different women to also become accredited investors. And I would say that the thing that the 51 is also doing that is probably differentiated is that we're building a community around that. So for example, um, we've recently just invested in a company called Virtual Gurus, which is led by Bobby 
um, and you probably saw it. Uh, there was an article in the Globe and Mail this morning. She just closed her fundraising round. Uh, we participated, the 51, which was great, but we participated as a group. So there was a bunch of us that pooled our capital together and went in as a single investor into Bobby's company called the 51. And what we're finding is that women really like to do that investing together. And so that's a big part of what we're trying to do is build a community around this activity. So the investors, are, are they only females then? No, it's a great observation and question. So while we are targeting women, um, we're also targeting women and their partners. And what we're also finding is that men are kind of stepping up and they're going, wait, um, the data is now starting to prove it out that, you know, diverse companies perform better. Sometimes female-led companies perform better with the capital that they have. They're very capital efficient. So it's a good investment opportunity. And so we are getting um, interest both from men and women uh, to participate and invest. What are the key things that a, an investor is looking for then in these entrepreneurs? So I would say it probably breaks down into, you know, if we looked at our audience right now, there's those accredited investors that we know very well that are experienced investors. And they will have a different lens that they want to apply to those businesses. But I will give you an example of one. One would be um, women on the cap table. So what is the percentage of the company that is actually owned by women? So for example, we could be approached to invest in a company that was maybe founded by a guy where he has now brought on a COO onto his business, that's a woman. And we're like, that's great. You have a co-leadership kind of characteristic of a, of, a, of a man and a woman leading that company. But if we peel back the layers there and we see that that COO um, that's a woman doesn't really have any position on the cap table, then it's not necessarily a fit for us. It needs to be co-funded or co-led by a woman and there needs to be a value position on that cap table. So that would be an example of what our accredited investors would look at, those that have lots of experience. And then there's those women that we're starting to activate that are kind of you know one step away from us and now we're starting to get involved in the investing. Um, they might not look be looking at that characteristic. They might be looking at, okay, well, what type of businesses are women building and what's really inspiring to me um, as an investor and as a woman. Um, and I think, again, if we go back to Bobby's story at Virtual Gurus, it really resonated with our community. It was a very accessible investment opportunity. And then there's that third group. You know, it's the group that aspires to become investors. What's been the biggest challenge uh, for you setting up the 51? Uh, it's been there's way too much interest and in demand for us to keep up which is a really unique experience for an entrepreneur. I think an entrepreneur many times will, you know, slog away with their proposition and try to get interest from the market around what they're doing. We're very much feeling the opposite. We cannot keep up with the incoming interest and demand around what we're doing. Um, and the proposition, um, you know, is very attractive to those that want to invest in the 51, including government um, organizations. Um, we're talking to several banks across Canada. Um, and there's other people that actually want to, you know, kind of put money into the 51. What do you think uh, separates female and male entrepreneurs? What do you think are the key differences or are there any? Yeah, I mean, I think you don't want to say generalizations, right? Um, I, will, I will definitely stay away from that. I would say 
first and foremost, what's different is that woman is building a business from her perspective. Um, and we often say at the 51 that the world has largely been designed by men. And we're not being critical of the solutions that have been posed to date. But, you know, for example, a woman might look at um, a specific solution or experience or service or product and go, okay, well, me, maybe me as a working mother, I would do something different. Or maybe me as, uh, as a mom at home, or maybe me as a professional, I would do something different with that solution. So I think first and foremost, women are looking at these business opportunities and they have a different lens to apply. Um, that could sometimes be very personal. And again, Bobby from Virtual Gurus specifically built out a business that was initially going to service her. Mm -hmm. You know, when you look back at all the people you've spoken to uh, over the years, uh, is there any strong piece of advice that uh, kind of resonates with you that uh, you've heard over the years? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm an investor. Um, and I would say... Trust your instincts. You know, quite often female entrepreneurs will be told, and I was just on another call just now where um, she was telling her story to an investor, and in this case, an investor, a potential investor was a male. And he said, you know, I just don't understand how this can be a business. And I think, you know, very, you know, quite often women will hear that about their entrepreneurial venture. And I would say, stick to it. You know the business better than anybody else or the business opportunity because you're designing it for you um, and therefore surround yourself with champions that believe in you and your idea uh, to make it a reality. So I would say trust yourself um, and drive forward with your business idea and surround yourself with, uh, with champions and mentors. Okay, I'm going to uh, switch gears a little bit here and ask you some more personal type questions. Uh, I start by asking you, just being an entrepreneur uh, yourself, what is it about being an entrepreneur that you like and enjoy? Yeah, I think it's, you know, about, you know, charting your own, your own course, right? Um, being your own boss, being fully accountable to you um, versus always being accountable to somebody else. Not that being said, you know, um, as an entrepreneur, you are, accountable to your customers and your team and potentially your investors. But it's, it's that freedom to really do what you believe needs to happen. And so I've had many ideas over the years. Not all of them have been executed. But I, I, I think for me, that's probably the most compelling thing is to bring an idea and a vision to life. So what drives you in this area? Uh, disruption. It's an overused word, so let's maybe throw that one away. I would say, you know, changing the status quo. So often, you know, we are provided solutions because that's the way it's always been done. I think entrepreneurs have the opportunity to go, well, just because that's the way it's always been done doesn't mean that that needs to be the way going forward. So I think for me, that's probably the most compelling. If you had one word to describe yourself, what would it be and why? <laughs> Uh, I would say a bit of a troublemaker, you know, an activist. I always say things can, can be done versus saying they can't be done. So, you know, I'd say, I would say an, I'd say an activist for sure. Where do you think that came from? You know, I think I always had problems with authority for sure. Um, and it's that idea of like, 
there's some justice and activism too. So I think that's, that plays a big role in it too. Do you have a, a, a daily routine that you follow? Sometimes, um, on the road a lot. Um, but I would say, you know, there is that, you know, first thing in the morning, really trying to find that quiet time, um, in your own mind and your body and trying to kind of plan out your day and figure out, you know, what do you want to achieve that day? I would say, I don't like to wake up in a rush and try to scramble. I like to wake up earlier and kind of be on my own and be contemplative about what I'm trying to achieve that day. So I would say that's definitely a ritual of mine. Okay. I'm going to present a scenario to you and I'm just going to get a response. Oh, okay. great. great. <laughs> okay. well, just imagine this beautiful tropical island in the middle of the ocean somewhere, okay? We're going to take you there, drop you off by yourself, drop you off at this island. Uh, it has one phone booth, uh, but nothing else, no technology. Okay. Two questions. How long do you think it would take you to pick up that phone and call us and say, hey, get me back home? <laughs> and the second thing is, what do you think you would do on, on, a, on a tropical island by yourself? I would probably, what I would do is I would, I would map out and go, how many days could I do this? Um, then I would probably pick up the phone and go, I can commit to this number of days. And then I would, I would really commit to it. So it'd be like a conference call with the family. You know, this is where I am for so many days. And then I'd probably just get to work on something that's very personal. So it could be, you know, it could be well-being, it could be yoga, it could be meditation, it could be fitness. But if I had the opportunity to do that, I would definitely really try to be contemplative. Okay, super. Is there anything you'd like to add before you leave us uh, today, Shelley? Um, I would say, you know, check out the 51. Uh, you know, our website is 51.com. Um, we're having an event coming up in Calgary here on the 19th of February. There's still tickets available. We'd love to have, you know, men and women in the room. Um, we're doing uh, our next event is, is called how to, how to Fundraise Like a Woman. And so we will be taking the audience and the community through a process that's, you know, should be highly effective for them if they're going to go out and raise money. But I would say get involved, even if you are aspiring, um, and look for, you know, that female entrepreneur that maybe needs a little bit more support and, and lend her your support. Okay, super. Thanks for joining us today, Shelly, on Calgary's podcast. Awesome. Thank you very much, Maria. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to Calgary's podcast on Canada's podcast network. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters and write a review for us on iTunes and then connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn at Canada's podcast. You can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. See you next time.